Finding Happy, Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy is the new book by me, Nikita Banks, a licensed psychotherapist and life strategist. Leverage the knowledge you'll receive in this book to help you with the process of obtaining absolute clarity through the use of guided self-exploration. This process is necessary to help you master all your relationships in 2019 and beyond. Go on Amazon.com or BlackTherapistPodcast.com and grab your copy of the book guaranteed to help you redesign all your relationships based on two basic principles, health and happiness. Get your copy today. Welcome to the Black Therapist Podcast. The Black Therapist Podcast is the podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. Now, if you are new to our show, I am your host, author, life strategist, and psychotherapist, Nikita Banks, in private practice in my hometown of Brooklyn, New York. I am available for both psychotherapy and coaching sessions, and you can find more information about that on my website, NikitaBanks.com. You can listen to our podcast everywhere podcasts are found, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, Pippa, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and BlackTherapistPodcast.com. If you are a mental health advocate or a therapist and you want to buy our podcast merchandise, you can do so by visiting our site. And if you want access to our free mental health tips, free online trainings, discounted selective services, and resources, do so by joining our mailing list by texting "get happy" all one word to six six eight six six. If you love the podcast, please like, comment, and share. We love to hear from you. And if you want to send me some feedback, guest suggestions, or simply to say hey, you can contact us at our website, BlackTherapistPodcast.com. Please be mindful that this episode and all of the information that we provide here is just a resource and a tool to help get you started on your mental health journey. If you are feeling any mental health distress or you are having any significant issues, please feel free to reach out to us so that we can find you a mental health provider in your area. Okay, let's go. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Black Therapist Podcast. Okay, so I had this whole show planned and an announcement to make and I was gonna bring on one of my good girlfriends love her to death and I was going to um, have her talk about her journey as a social worker and I got distracted last night y'all so um what let me say this happy mother's day to all of the mothers out there to all of those out there suffering um, their first Mother's Day or their 15th or their 51st Mother's Day without their mothers being in the physical. Happy Mother's Day to the mothers out there who have lost children. Happy Mother's Day to those people who are mothers who no longer have their children in the physical. Ahmad Aubrey. His mom, um, Sabrina Fulton's, Trayvon Martin's mom. Um, you know, I got to meet his brother at a conference and just the sweetest thing. And, you know, for a lot of us mothers to have our children out into the world as a tribute and a testament to who we are, our love and our sacrifice, it means a lot. And so um, last Mother's Day, I got to celebrate Mother's Day with my mom, watching my son graduate from college. And, you know, this year has been tough for a lot of us. There has been a lot of loss. I had to call my one of my, my girlfriends, my son's godmother, and, and wish her a happy Mother's Day you know, her having lost her mother a few months ago and knowing how difficult that that is for her and having this be her first Mother's Day without her mom and, and just having like a, you know, a full on girlfriend conversation to support her through that today and meant a lot to me. And it's like literally, I want to say the only thing that I've done today, this Mother's Day, outside of physically calling my great aunts and my aunts and the people in my life to wish them a happy mother's day. Um, 
I woke up this Mother's Day with a bunch of texts that said Happy Mother's Day for me from people I didn't even expect. Um, and so it, it, it just, you know, some of those texts came from people I wasn't even speaking to. <laughs> they ain't spoke to me in years. And so just to know that this, this pandemic and this time has allowed all of us to be able to look on with appreciation to, with our, our families, our friends, and our loved ones and start to take stock in relationships that we have a little bit differently and start to look at the legacies that we stand upon because I stand on the shoulders of, you know, I don't want to get emotional. I stand on the shoulders of, you know, the lackey women and the Miller women and the Banks women and the Thomas women and, um, you know, even the Mooney women in my family. And so just knowing that I've gotten not only, you know, some of the things I complain about, my temper, <laughs> my my hair, sometimes I love it, sometimes I don't, my, you know, my looks, my strength, my bad attitude from them a fighting spirit it allows me to not only look on this mother's day as something that I, I treasure being able to be in that number and being able to be the you know amongst the women in my fertile family to be able to have babies but also to be able to think about the legacy that I leave as just my womanhood without actually having to give birth to my nieces and my nephews and the the people in my, my family who I continue to love and nurture and who continue to love and nurture me because I, I am a child of many mothers. And so I want to give a shout out to all of the women who don't have physical babies or don't have babies in the physical form or, you know, have loved babies that have come from love, but not actually from your own wombs. And I, I want to celebrate you today as well. Um, I got a lot of mothers. And it was very sad for me to not be able to be with my own mother this, this Mother's Day. But it was also sad for me to not be with my old lady. And I didn't even get a chance to call her today because I kind of wasn't feeling good earlier. And so being able to get a chance to finally go outside and... um leave her some some flowers for mother's day because i really try to to honor the nurturing that i got from the women who are not my mother every year on this show i shout out my baby mother which is cheryl atwell um she's helped me raise my son being a single mom having that his grandma miss bats who Help me. She was here. My mother doesn't live in New York. So having his father's mother through good times, through bad times, when her son was speaking to me when he wasn't, when we were getting along when he wasn't. So be able to have her be there and Aunt Shirley to be there to help me raise my son. I just want to at least acknowledge that. That said, that mother sister energy was fully on display yesterday. And, and and distracted my brain cells from me being able to get that interview. I want to get that interview on with you, hopefully, next week. Um, so we could talk to my friend, who's also a hospital social worker, amongst other things. And um, make my little announcement that I want to make. But last night, I ended up working a full set hallelujah <laughs> my practice is filling back up again as well as um I, I i saw a lot of my clients yesterday virtually and i don't know if other people are doing virtual therapy but for me doing virtual i've always wanted to have a location independent private practice. I've said this several times on the show. I, I planned on doing it in 2021. Um, 
I think probably in the past years, I said 2020, hello, it's 2020. And this, this is what it is right now. Right. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking about not going back to my office, but I know that I probably will make more money if I go back to my office, but it will also cost me more money if I go back to my office. So I'm thinking about it, but, um, you know, for me being able to, to be blessed enough to have invested in my career and invested in my self in order to be able to shift pivot and change and you know stay home and still serve my community and still be a blessing to other people helping them manage their mental health throughout this time at the same time putting my own health uh as a priority and and the health of my son as a priority throughout the pandemic has really been amazing for me but it's also been like scary for me because I know the reality of being a black woman in society and loving you know my my aunties and my great aunts and everybody as I do and my uncles and knowing that they still have to go outside and um do the work that they have to do just because you know, it was the way to feed your families. And so while I am appreciative to be able to sit home and work and have a son who graduated from college and me having an advanced degree and my own license and my own business and being able to make money, you know, I still feel for the other ones who are like us, like my best friend. Tamara who goes out every day and she's a nurse and my cousin Sharan Banks who is a nurse and these are mothers and they still have to go outside and um, feed their families and take care of us as nurses and so a lot of us are in pain and a lot of us need healing and a lot of us need love and so yesterday I was listening to verses which was Erica Badu and Jill Scott. And just to listen to these two queens talk to each other with such love and reverence. It was just like a blessing to my soul. And I was like, thank God that this is Mother's Day. and Or Mother's Day weekend. And thank God that this is the motherly, loving, energy, sisterly support that we're getting. It wasn't a battle. And the fact that they both, I mean, if you haven't seen verses with Erica Badu and Jill Scott, go on YouTube and replay the show and download it and listen to it. And you will hear these two sisters. The The thing that I love the most is that they started out with the same song. And when it, when it started out, they were like, well, I, one of them was like, well, I'm going to play it. Are you going to play it or am I going to play it? And, um, I think it was 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 Jill that said, well, you go ahead and play it because I'm gonna play it again. (laughs) So like the fact that they both started this out with a song that one wrote for the other that the other sung. It was just like this is what this this spirit is about. This is what loving a black woman and having a black woman love you feels like. And when Jill Scott told Erica Badu she was going to rub her feet, please so um if you haven't listened to it please listen to it 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 was soul food that we needed and so I say all that to say that distracted me yesterday because I saw a full caseload and I had plans of doing this interview with my friend Roxanne and it did not happen and so I'm gonna try to bring her back on next week so we can talk about her projects we could talk about what it's like being a hospital social worker right now you know with with coronavirus and talk about my announcement okay so you got to stick around next week for that but I decided to come on and talk about something very important to me um everybody's been asking in my own life how I've been managing my finances throughout this time and I'm gonna try to figure out a nice way to say what I'm, what a, the analogy that I use I I feel like where I am in in my life and where I am in my career, I can print money. And I don't say that to be facetious or to, to be funny. And I'm of course I'm not, I don't have a 
you know, I'm, I got t-shirts and stuff that I'm printing over here, but we ain't printing no money for real. <laughs> I don't need the U S treasury department coming looking for me a secret service. We're not actually printing money, but I feel like I'm at a, I'm at a position in my career where I've been able to really adapt to the changing environment that is going to happen. And that has already happened with telemental health. I had already been transitioning and utilizing telemental health in my practice. I want to say since maybe since the beginning of going into private practice. And the reason that I did that is because a lot of you guys know that I'm licensed in multiple states. And I did that for several different reasons. Number one, I was able to, I was eligible to gain my LCSW or LSW in New Jersey in two years. And I think 3,000 hours or two years and 2,000 hours. Don't quote me. Go Google it. Uh, first, as well as I got my LMSW in New Jersey. Bef- well, technically, <laughs> technically, I wanted to get my LMSW and take my exam early. So this is if y'all not a social worker, you might not want to listen to all of this. But if you are interested in how your social workers are qualified, I'm, you, you might want to listen. But in New York State, when you graduate with your MSW, which I did um, in May, you have to, in order to sit for the state licensing exam, which is an LMSW, you have to get your physical degree back. And so for me, it took... I think I got my physical degree back in July. However, in New Jersey, in order to sit for your licensing exam, you have to just have completed or be in the middle of your senior term, which means that if the senior term started in January, in January of the year that I graduated, I would have been able to sit for my exam instead of May. And it didn't make sense for me to start looking for a job with my MSW if my intention was to have my LMSW by the time that I graduated. Because within the space of two months, I may have taken a job, I may have gotten a salary offer, and it may have been a 10000 to $20,000 difference. So it only made sense for me to graduate from college and have my LMSW, have my license, licensing exam sit sat for (laughs) to have sat for and passed my licensing exam prior to being able to get a job. So this way I could have taken my test anywhere from January to May when I graduated. Right. And I could have looked for employment at that time. And I could have told them I have already taken the exam for my LSW in New Jersey and I'm eligible to switch that over in New York once I graduated. So for me, you know, looking for jobs, it only made sense for me to have my license prior to looking for a job rather than saying, oh, well, I'm going to get this job as an MSW, but I'll have my license in two months and who's going to hire me and and pay me the higher rate if I don't have what was qualified for and who's going to hire me and then in two months give me a raise so I said I'm going to go in with what I needed so I had already had a license in New Jersey because of that right and it was only $70 for me to take that take that extra step right and to, but that's how they get you again because it's more than $70 but it was only $70 for me to be able to sit for my exam so I passed my exam the first time and what it actually ended up happening is because New Jersey takes so long with the actual paperwork I w- got my New York license maybe like three weeks before I got my New Jersey license, but I had already passed the exam. So every job that I had gone for after that, I at least let them know, well, here I sat for my exam. Um, My license is pending. Everything has been submitted, but here's my application numbers. So if they was going to pay me, they was going to pay me more from the gate. 
And that's what I like. I like, I don't, I don't want no IOU when it comes to my money. Okay. So that's what ended up happening. But because I was already licensed as an LSW, is that what it is? Yeah. A LSW, which is also the equivalent of an LMSW in New York. I was a- able to sit for my LCXW exam a year earlier than I was able to qualify for it in New York City. And so I've been licensed in New York. I'm licensed in New Jersey. I'm licensed in Georgia because um, one of my business partners needed me to have a license in New Jersey for some of the projects that we were doing. And I have, you know, Georgia is the black Mecca. And so it only makes sense that if there are more black people that are down there, there are more black professionals that have disposable income that I be licensed where the money is. And so what I decided to do was, you know, talk about t- today was some of the shifts that I made in my business. And because I was licensed in New Jersey and I was licensed in New York and I'm licensed in Georgia and I don't live in New Jersey or Georgia, but I do see clients remotely from those areas. It only made sense for me to be able to utilize telemental health, which is what I've been doing. And so for those social workers who are out there who are dealing with everything that we're dealing with COVID, who are, you know, maybe dealing with their practices not being full, who are actually still paying for their offices and are, are wondering whether or not they want to go back to to private practice in person. It's really a great time for us to start to think about other ways that we could start to shift and pivot to be able to make the shortfalls in our our income. Now, I'll be the first one to tell you that for the first month, um, well, it's May now. I've been in the house for two months now. I go outside to the grocery store. That's just about it. But I've been working from home. My son has been working from home. So we've been really blessed in, in those areas. But for me to be able to be in a situation where I can do those things, I had to be mentally sound. And dealing with a lot of the shock that happened in the first few weeks, dealing with a lot of the grief that happened in the first few weeks of not being able to see my partner who is sick, not being able to see my my mom not being able to be with family sitting in the house all the time if you know me in real life you know that I'm 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 usually a little bit more of a social person than I am right now but um you know it is what it is and so I don't feel the need to run the streets or be outside right now because I got things (laughs) things to do in my business and so I just a few revenue generating ideas that I figured that would give some of the social workers that are out there. If you have gotten over the initial shock, because, you know, for me, I wasn't even really worried about making the kind of money that I usually make. I really wasn't even worried about. Um, I wasn't really even worried about being able to pay my bills or pay any of of the things that needed to be paid because I don't have a problem and I it's no shame in my game for me to be late on some stuff so that really wasn't a thing for me but just knowing that I had a time and a chance to be able to move some things around so that my bills were paid and that I had a cushion and a savings was really imperative for me so I have two wonderful friends who um, I get to call on and talk to about financial stuff, financial literacy and help. One of them is Tanya Repley, a flash. Cause I'm, I, I joke with her because I knew her husband first and I'm like, ah, ooh, I upgraded to the wife. Ow. Um, <laughs> so um, Tanya has a, a blog. She has a coaching program and she also has a website called my fab finance. And so if you are looking for money-making tips, if you are looking for ways to start to shift your finances in terms of like budgeting and um, figuring out ways to make 
money moves that make sense in this in this instance with the pandemic she's a good place to start she's on instagram she's on um the internet i'm gonna google her just to make sure that i give you her actual look at this her actual website i'd be on her i'd be on her, her um her site so much that she just comes right on up but her her name is tanya t-o-n-y rapley r-a-p-l-e-y okay and you can go on her website and be able to to um get some information there my other good girlfriend her name is tiffany aliche the budget nista and you've heard me talk about her before um tiffany and i have supported each other personally she's supported me professionally i didn't even know tiffany and i decided that i was going to do this thing at nyu and she just showed up she showed up and she showed out and so she's an international speaker they both are but um you've probably seen uh tanya on the cover of black enterprise and seen tiffany on the cover of everything (laughs) um but tiffany can help you get your finances in order and because I have these two women who are black women, but they are financial coaches and they both have these wonderful financial spaces that I have I have access to. I have both of their books. Tanya actually helped name my book um, and she encourages me so much with a lot of different things that I have going on in my life. These are two women that are cheerleaders for me. And I'm, I want to share that sisterly Erica Badu love. So I'm telling you, if you are a social worker or not a social worker, you are listening and you are trying to get your money together to help you through this pandemic. These are two resources that you can definitely rely on as I rely on them. Okay. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is if you are a social worker and you don't particularly like doing Tell mental health. I'm going to need you to take a chill pill and figure out another way to to shift and pivot and change to this environment. There is a therapist who does exclusive telemental health support and his name is mr michael jones i want to get michael jones on i've been promising to call michael jones for a week michael jones don't kill me i know you found out that i was looking for you but um he has a wonderful online group that provides support for clinicians who are giving telemental health support also pesci p-e-s-i gave a free four hundred dollar course to to assist us in taking mental health or telemental health training so that we will all be ready for that. So that's another thing. I've heard a lot of people say that telemental health is draining, which I agree. I had my max. I'm lying. I'm, yeah, I think I told you guys before my max is seven clients per day per like total because you guys know usually I have a I have my business and then I have a consultation business that I do as well as a coaching business so I don't want to talk to any more than seven people a day period I'm I'm going back to doing groups in a minute so that's another way that I'm gonna be able to like navigate making the money that I need to make but we all know right if we're trading our services for hours we're going to hit a ceiling, right? If I only want to see five clients a day at a rate of, you know, $120 a day, I may hit my ceiling with some of them. And and that's not to say that's what all of my clients pay. You know what I mean? Some of them pay a little bit. Some of them pay all of that. Some of them pay less. And so having the flexibility to be able to see the amount of clients that I, I have been able to see right now has been nice. And I don't know. I mean, I like it is draining doing therapy from home. I don't like not being able to <laughs> not being able to have like a clear boundary for me. Like I'm at work, like when I'm at work, I don't know. There's something that happens when I'm on. I feel like. I'm competent and I'm like going out in the world and I'm going into my office and I'm turning the key. I'm just in my house in my bathrobe in my 
in 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 my what is this my whole 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 um sweatpants with a t-shirt on I tried to put on a shirt yesterday like I had a full schedule and I had this beautiful shirt hanging up in my bedroom that is brand new that I haven't worn yet and I was like god I want to throw on this shirt I put on that shirt baby I felt so uncomfortable sitting up in that shirt and I was like now when the weather gets here I'm gonna have to actually dress even if I'm sitting in my bedroom I have a chair that I sit in and if you've ever seen me like online it's white and it looks like a little throne but it's shaped like a heart on the back of it and I swear to God I don't wore I ordered some fabric to reupholster it because I don't wore a hole in this chair from sitting in it every single day for the past two months and I can't tell you how long I've had this I've lived in where I live at now for five years I don't sit in this chair every day this chair has this chair has never had this much wear and tear on it only just because I've been doing therapy from it for the past um two months and so another way that I've been able to kind of navigate through all of that and rebuild up my my practice is to utilize marketing tools so you guys know I am a beast on social media I am not um a super beast because I don't have as many followers as I would like to have. But I also don't spend a lot of time on social media. If you've ever DM'd me, it is me. I respond to you. I don't have a social media marketing person. I am my social media marketing person. As of now, I haven't had any Facebook ads or Instagram ads. I haven't paid for any traffic. It's just literally me doing all of the liking and the talking. If you DM me, if you send me an email, if you send you sent me a screenshot. If you sent me anything, that's me responding right now. I do have an intern intern from Columbia. She's on break right now, but I haven't seen her in person in a while. I kind of miss her little face. I did what I saw on, on the Zoom. But besides seeing her on Zoom, like I haven't seen her in the office. And so actually, you know what? She want to work through her break. I might let her work for, for us through her break. But other than that, it's usually just me um, doing everything. There is no paid traffic yet. There will be soon. And so I, I implore you guys to start utilizing your social media a little bit more to start to cultivate some of the clients that you want. So many of y'all. Y'all. Hello. DM me and say, oh my gosh, I'm trying to get some some people to follow me I'll, can you please repost my content can you please repost um my stories can you promote me on your page I don't have a problem doing that and I also don't have a problem with giving people advice on how to do that if you want me to promote your content you have to have content that looks like it belongs on my page. So the easiest way to have me repost something that you post is to post content that use my colors. Cheat, cheat, cheat codes. Hello. Listen to my show. Submit a guest request to come on my show. Send me content that you think I might be interested in. Okay. I'm telling you how I can repost your stuff. Send me stuff that looks like I would like it. Repost my show. Maybe get a snippet of the show of something that I said that you thought was profound, maybe make a quick video of you listening to the show. I don't know, but you have to help me help you. I don't just repost stuff on my page because after a while it just kind of looks junky and my page is planned out and it's aesthetically pleasing. And on, on all three of my pages, I think at this point I have about 45 thousand followers maybe uh maybe more 
at this point, the show, hello, we have had over 200,000 downloads of the podcast. There is no paid traffic. I have not paid for a damn thing, not a Facebook ad, not an Instagram ad. So there is an opportunity for you to work with me and you to, 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 to advertise on the platform that I have built and allow you to have that space, but you got to make it make sense for me. Quiet is kept behind the scenes. I have sent people my free marketing materials. Now I'm as absolutely that's not completely true. I have sent people materials for them to be able to uh, pass their LCSW exams to provided them with information for support groups. Like I support my crew. I need as many of us clinicians of colors out there to succeed and to win. But you got to tell me in a way that it makes sense for me to share your content with my audience and to share your voice with my audience because I don't have a problem doing that. More therapists is better than less therapists. More access to therapy is better than less access to therapy. So I don't mind giving somebody else a platform. Somebody was like, hey, I like your clinicians of color thing. You know, we did the whole don't rush challenge. I said, she's like, I need to be in on this. I said, send me your video. I will edit you in. I'll put you in. Repost it and tag me. So you just got to make it make sense for me. But utilizing your social media, your websites, your um the groups that you are in to be able to support your practice and get your name out there is very important and look at my content look at um some of the other contents that are out there start that podcast it's super duper easy um in the next few weeks what i will be doing is i will be trying to find a lot of more marketing resources so that I can start giving you guys the tools that I actually use to hit the numbers that I'm hitting in terms of like marketing with my practice. Another way that I've shifted in my practice and I'm able to be booked, like I need to take my behind and sleep because I got clients all day tomorrow, all day Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. I left open because I work on Saturdays, but my Saturday was complete. Like I was, I was tired on Saturday. Um, and then I had, finally got a break to eat I don't think I I didn't eat breakfast I made muffins because we're eating everything at home now (laughs) so I made some muffins I had muffins I had coffee I had tea and then when I was finished working with all of my clients and I did my notes I had lunch I had dinner and so I had dinner and then I watched the ladies Erica and Jill and then I was ready to chill and so um you know, I have some open time in, but in those times, what I've been doing is I've been taking courses in order to get new referral services. So if the most of your business was coming from referral services for me, like psychology today, I was getting like 20, 30 calls a day prior to COVID-19. And that was a pretty good referral source for me. I was also seeing clients, which is my main source of my income, came from my consulting business. But they cut my salary, not my salary, my rate that I see for for clients, which was it was an astronomical rate. I got paid really good, but they cut it 40 percent. No, I'm sorry. One third. They cut my rate one third for the max of, of what I was getting paid and. 10% 10% for, is it 10%? 20% for what um I was getting for the low end of what I was getting paid. And so not only did that happen, but my volume was lower. So what I ended up doing was, is I ended up going to more referral services. I got contacted by EAP companies, which I signed on to. Uh, actually funny thing is, is that I had signed on to these companies in January. So I was able to pick more, pick up more EAP clients as my 
private practice referral services like Psychology Today or like my, you know, my paid traffic and stuff has, has died down as the clients that I saw regularly in my private practice had died down. This is New York where hardest hit, New Jersey where hardest hit. They're going to need me in a few months right now. I, You know, the immediate need for most people is just to be able to get through their day to day. And sometimes people are thinking about the therapist during that time. Sometimes they aren't. So I took that time as a lull time where I could actually be able to invest in other ways that I would be able to make that money. Also, if you are an LCSW, LMSW, LPC, whatever, multiple states, including New York, New York, New Jersey, um, Massachusetts, I want to say Minnesota, multiple states, DC, they were given out temporary mental health licenses. And so what you can be doing right now is is applying for those temporary mental health licenses and moving your practice into an area where there are not enough black therapists. I think I saw like Colorado. I, I saw Utah. You know, I'm snatching up that Utah. I'm applying for that so that I can start marketing my clients or marketing my services to black people in Utah who is looking for a black therapist. And so that's another way that you'd be able to to start to supplement your income and bring in more clients. I know how to do Facebook ads, but again, I said I haven't, but I'm not above doing a Facebook ad in my locations to be able to market my practice. And I know exactly how to target them and I know exactly how to get them and I know exactly how to find them because I've taken some courses. If you are looking for good courses um, to learn that I'll have one soon. Ah, I'm gonna have some one soon. Um, and I can be able to coach you through those things. But Abu Falana, it's so weird because I met Abu Fofana. Abu, I love you. You know, I'm gonna mess this up. I met Abu actually because Abu was or is Tanya's social media person. Tanya Rapley, I just talked about her a minute ago. He has a wonderful program that you can buy into and learn how to use Facebook and Instagram ads in order to grow your business. Who else? I know Tanya, I know, I know Tiffany's guy, but I swear I can't think of his name. Jabril. Tiffany's guy's name is Jabril's, but if you go on Tiffany's, Tiffany the Budget Nista's Instagram page, I'm pretty sure that Jabril is probably on there somewhere. And my coach who taught me how to do Instagram ads, I haven't run them yet. Just, just, just blame it on the game. Um, <laughs> His name is... Give me one moment. I got to Google. Y'all, I love y'all because it took me about 80 different years to go through my my um, emails to be able to find his name. But um, I became knowledgeable about Abu because I met him at one of Tanya's events and I actually <laughs> took him, drove him home because he's from Brooklyn. And well, he lived in Brooklyn at the time and I lived in Brooklyn at the time and I still live in Brooklyn because that's where I'm from. And um, I had signed up to something that he had. And so um, joining his his just free mailing list, you, you learn a lot of stuff. But then I got an offer to learn from somebody that he learned with or learned from his his mentor is and his name is Varick Wayne. And so um I learned a lot of information from Varick. Varick's program had a lot of different people in it that I loved and respected in the industry. And these are, you know, I'm I'm very immersed in marketing and I'm very immersed in trends. And so I was definitely able to to learn a lot of different things from him. And then I, what ended up happening is that I, I actually paid for an actual coach coaching call with him and so he actually walked me through the things that were profitable in my business which was really really helpful this is a few years ago but um I've implemented some of those things some of the things I'm still going to implement uh 
But this is another thing that you can do um, and another person that you can follow right now to be able to gain these this knowledge to be able to shift and pivot in your business. Also, sell a, sell a product. You guys know that I have my T-shirts. I have our hoodies. There's my book. Um, those are things that I'm going to be marketing a lot more of. Just haven't done it because I haven't gotten around to it, but I have gained the knowledge. I do have the confidence to be able to do a little bit more. And for me, it was just like, you know what? Let me manage exactly what I need to manage while I need to manage it. And so, you know, for those of us who have like me have spent 18 years going to school that seems like a long time but you know 12 years of school and I went to school when I was four but with 12 years of of school four years of undergrad two years of graduate school which was really a year and a half for me but I did it I did a whole thing um year and a half but four semesters countless years and hours of postgraduate work and licensure and all of that stuff. We don't do all of that to just serve our clients. Of course, that is our main goal. My main goal was to be the kind of therapist that I wanted to have, but I also didn't want to be impoverished doing it. I also don't want to be on welfare doing it. Been there, done that, got a t-shirt. And so, you know, for those of us who do want to be of service and in the service industry, and we want to be able to, to, sell our services and be able to support our families at the same time we do have to make these changes so if you like I have a couple talents you guys know I built all of my websites I do all of my graphics I manage my social media and I've been able to build it as far as I can I will be doing my Facebook ads and those kinds of things I am a wicked genius I don't I wouldn't I don't say that lightly and I don't say that um like with hubris. We lost little Richard last night and I was watching a, a thing about little Richard today where he talked about how he basically single handedly invented rock and roll and then watched, you know, the others, uh white people steal it because they did not want to see a black man gyrating from making Georgia. He, you know, they looked at him as if he was a threat unless he had on a makeup and wig and all his other things. That's not what I'm saying. That's what he said in the interview. And so the only thing that I, I listened to when I heard him talk about it was a quote that my therapist used. And it's, he says to me all the time, Nikki, it ain't bullshit if you can back it up. And so I like my dad, like my son, <laughs> like my son is mad obnoxious about it. But my dad, like my son, you know, even my sister in a lot of ways, we are savants when it comes to like putting puzzles together. And so being able to print money and being able to plug holes in multiple people's businesses, I do it with my clients every day in like normal therapy sessions. But for, for therapists and for coaches, I really, really know what I'm talking about. So being able to utilize that as a skill in my business is also something that's been able to make me some extra coin. So I'm not over here eating pinto beans and and um hot dogs. Although I do like a good hot dog every now and again. I'm a Nathan's kind of girl from Brooklyn. So um, you know, utilize any of these ideas that I'm giving you today to be able to expound on and build on your practice. If you need help from me reach out to me. I do have some coaching programs. There are a lot of things that now that I have more time in the house, I don't have to waste my time on my cute commute to my office. Although I do need to go to my office this week to pick up some checks. Um, <laughs> you know, reach out to me because I do, I am a resource for therapists. I am a resource for people in business as well. My, my, I, I've said this on the podcast. I can't even tell you how many episodes with my son's dad, called me a I'm a wealth of useless information is what he said however when I sat with his brother and we watched the game show his brother was like oh I'll take her on any game show because she's mad smart so <laughs> so 
you know, sometimes you don't know the value of your knowledge until you get placed in the right situation. And so I'm really, really, really good at this business and marketing stuff and being able to shift and pivot um, on different ideas. Every single thing that you see that I do, I design. And it's not just because I don't have the money to hire out other people to do it. I just don't want to waste my time on hiring people to do things and I don't get things done the way that I that I like and I also want to be able to build my websites when I feel like it and update my photos when I feel like it and change my text when I feel like it and you know use marketing strategies that I know and be able to change my copy and write my headlines and all of these things sometimes it makes me a little bit crazy but I'm a Libra and it's just a, I'm about that life at times but now we're in a pandemic Right. And so we're in a situation where self-sufficiency is the most important thing that you can have. You know, me speaking to my girlfriend today about the loss of her mother, you know, she and I come from a different time. And I'll leave it at that. But like I told her, I was like, yo, you and I come from we have a hustler's mentality just because of things that that, you know, we've done in the past. And I'm like, you even you like you have the kind of job that you can go out and print money if you need it. And she was like, girl, I ain't been to work since February. And I was like, I know, I know already. And I said, but you know what? I'm so grateful that you are able to even say that and you keeping your head above water. She's a flight attendant now, but I'm like, and you keeping your head above water and you were literally able to be here every single week and take care of your mother while she was, she was dying. And what a blessing that it is that you, you have that opportunity to be able to do that and be a single mom and be, you know, be awesome. And so being able to have that autonomy and that flexibility built into your career and being able, I'm getting emotional, and being able to make the decisions that keep your family safe, especially during this time when we know that people of color are disproportionately having to go out into the world and having to be in a space where they have to work and having to go out there and be essential workers or work for cities or do the things that we do. MTA drivers, you know, my friends and families who work in, in retail management and upper management in that level and stuff and just happen to be able to go outside and do the things that you that you do because you need to do it. It's very humbling to be able to say, you know what, I've made the investments in my life that now I can put the safety and the safety of my family first and I could do it without apology. And I've been blessed to be in an environment where a lot of my friends have that autonomy, but there are a lot of my friends who made different career choices and they got to go out there because it, it saves our lives. My niece is a, is a hospital social worker. She has to go out there. My girlfriends who have to get out there and do it. And I, I just really appreciate that. But I also like that alternative. And so if I can be a part of anybody's listening's journey to get you to that point, I want you to do that. And my last tip, if you are a recent graduate from college, if you are a person out there listening to the sound of my voice with your MSW, if you are a person out there with listening to the sound of my voice voice with an LMSW, I want you to get your C license get your clinical hours any way that you can get your clinical license any way that you can because the difference in salary for me is ridiculous and my ability to make money from when I have my MSW to my LMSW to my CSW is crazy and my therapist was I call him like my mentor now, but my therapist <laughs> made a joke when I got my LCSW and he said, Nikki, that C stands for cash. And so I'm very grateful that I had people in my life who, who inspired me to continue to go on. It doesn't matter if you feel like you don't need to have your clinical license. It doesn't matter if you feel like you're never going to work in a clinical setting. It doesn't matter if you feel like, um, Whatever, if you live in a state like New York, three years are going to pass anyway. Five years are going to pass anyway. Six years are going to pass anyway. I'm eligible this year, and it seems like crazy for me to say, but I'm eligible this year for 
the highest license that New York State offers all because I've been doing this work for six years. And there are people who have been in the game who are colleagues and friends of mine and who they, they don't have the license after 20 years in the business, after 10 years in the business, after 15 years in the business. And just being able to say, you know what, I need to make some extra money on the side by seeing some patients or opening my private practice or opening my clinical practice or being able to be the director of something or the head of the other thing. And just because you have that piece of paper is everything. So get it and don't need it. Rather needing it and don't have it. That's the motto my mother has always told me. You get it and you if you don't need it and have it, don't don't wait till you need to have it and you don't have it. That's still why I have a hair license to this day. I got my license to do cosmetology in high school and I still have it to this day. Only because my mother was like, you earned it. It is yours. You keep it. And she paid on it for 10 whole years I did like I did hair for maybe two, three years in the salon and she paid on it for 10 whole years for me until she called me one day and said, hey, I ain't paying it no more. You ain't working. You better go on and pay it yourself. And I've been paying it for the rest of the time. And I've been licensed for over 20 years now at this point with my license to do hair. And I don't know whether tomorrow I'll open up a salon or not. I don't know whether tomorrow I'll start a skincare line or no, but I do know that if I ever decide tomorrow to write a book as I actually was writing a book on hair, but if I write a book on hair psychology and those kinds of things, I am both a clinician and a licensed cosmetology. So I'm a professional in both fields. So that makes my authority go through the roof. <laughs> okay so also start trying to think about all the other disciplines that you can marry together in order to make yourself stand out in your niche and make yourself have a voice that is super authentic I know that there are a lot of hair therapists that are out there I've heard of some of them and no shade and I'm not knocking them but I know that I am a hair therapist that actually have a license in both areas and I actually had created curriculums to teach hair self-esteem to girls in schools and I was able to do that because I had licenses in both areas in New York State and in the state of Virginia. I'm telling you guys, y'all better get y'all multiple licenses up. It cost me 20 whole dollars to be licensed in New York State. And all I, when I pay that $20, I just giggle. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous because my license in Virginia cost me more than 20 bucks. I will tell you that. So, um, again, if I could be any help to you guys on your journey, on your mental health journey or your your journey of building your mental health empire let a sister know okay and if you need my my test resources for um taking your social work exam y'all make sure to hit me in my dm or shoot me a, a email at black therapist podcast at gmail.com or in banks at nikita n-i-k-i-t-a banks.com and i will try to send out the email once a month or send out the email when i get a chance or sign up to my mailing list and say hey girl i need them testing resources i want to pass my lmsw now i took the test a few years ago so my resources may be a little bit old. I'm just let y'all know right now. But all, all of the theories and the stuff that's in there that should help you um, get to where you need to be. OK. Um, and it doesn't cost me anything to send out an email. And it doesn't cost me anything to help support you guys who support me. OK. OK. I hope this show has been a blessing. I hope that you have been a blessing. And I want to publicly shout out my mama. And I'm not going to get emotional. She's going to be mad at me because, of course, as every other year, I forgot to mail my Mother's Day card. But she asked me to send her some hand sanitizer and some stuff. And she knows, as I know, I'm not going outside until Wednesday because Wednesday is the only day that I have time to be outside at 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I sent cash. So, um, you know, I think we take for granted the the, the super women that we have in our lives you know, I know, I know for damn sure my son takes me for granted, but it it is the times like now where you understand the lessons and the blessings that you have been given by the people who are in your life and they are, are blessings to you. And I, my grandmother was a strong mother who loved and nurtured my mother, who was a teenage mother, and she was a a able to give 
my mother the love and support that she needed. And I never... I had I have always taken for granted the fact that I have been privileged in a lot of ways. I think when you grow up like I grew up, you think of all of the things that you miss and the things that you don't have. And, you know, we went through some rough times, but I've always had my own room. I've always been able to be myself I've always been been affirmed I mean she told me shut up a thousand times and I got my hiney beat sometimes but I probably should have got I, I should have gotten beaten a lot more than I did spanked beaten call it whatever you want but my mother is tougher than most men that I know but she is a lady and because of the teaching and the nurturing that my mother has given me, I can create damn near anything that I can put my hands on. If you give me seven days to learn something, I'm going to do it. And if you give me, you know, maximum 14 days uninterrupted, if I'm confused about something, I'm going to get it done. And so being in my house and being able to bake from scratch and being able to do my own hair and have my nails look like I have a... Like I got a nail girl up in here, personal nail technician. I, I'm 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 very grateful and very blessed to be able to make the decisions that I've been able to make to make my family and keep my family safe throughout this time. But my mother really instilled in me having your own the value of having your own stuff and the value of investing in your education and the value of raising your child up in the way that you want them to go and, and being able to, my mother didn't don't buy a lot of stuff, but the stuff that she, she does buy is like a crock pot or she'll buy like, she bought my surger. A surger is a sewing machine. So I've been able to make masks for me and my family. Um, I feel like such a woman and that's a weird thing to say in your forties, but when you are at a place in your life where you have to be completely self-sufficient on your own and self-reliant on just your own merits and the smarts that you have and your survival skills, like I am so prepared for this pandemic because my mother raised me in a way that I was going to not only survive, but thrive. I got two and three and eight of everything. I had an N95 mask that I bought eight months ago. Don't ask me why, but I'm my mother's child. And it makes me feel so good to be able to say that. And allows me to feel so blessed to be able to add that to my bio to know that I come from that kind of stock and I don't always say it to her and I know that she doesn't always feel appreciated but to know that I am the woman that I am because of just the little things that she gave me that I overlooked all over these years. It is amazing to me. I come from some rough broads. But when you have their love and their support and their backing and their tutelage, you have everything. And so once again, I want to acknowledge the mothers out there, acknowledge the, the, the women out there who pour into our communities and our children and our babies and our men and our women and our friendships. Um, you guys know I lost my aunt last year. And I want to get a chance to tell you guys uh, about my recent trip going back to my grandmother's hometown. I have not been back there since I was six or nine years old. My cousin said, you ain't been back here since you were six. 
So I'm going to just believe him. But I, I know that I, there's a picture of me. There's a picture of me when I was about nine years old when I was there. And so I just want you guys to um, appreciate the women that you have in your life and, and make sure you're valuing sisterhood and you're investing in sisterhood. And I'm going to make sure that I make the commitment to do that as well because it's so necessary. Last night, you know, the reason that Erica and Jill felt so good is because it's the energy that we need to to have all the time. If I have the love of a black woman, I have everything I need. And I want to make sure that that's the love that I'm also giving to black women as well. Um, women in general, people for sure us because sometimes we feel unappreciated and we feel left alone and we feel so out in the world by ourselves unsupported and um left behind and so this week if you can I want you to be kind to a sister and I'm going to leave this episode quoting Miss Jill Scott where she said, black woman, I am so proud of you. Okay. I want you guys to reach out to me. I want you guys to be well. And I want you guys to win. Not just survive. I want us to win. Take care. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Once again, you can follow us on all our social media sites at Black Therapist Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, as well as Black in Therapy on Facebook. Or you can follow your hosts, me, Miss M-S-N-I-K-I Banks on Instagram and Twitter, as well as you can find out any information about me at Nikita, N-I-K-I-T-A Banks.com and on the show's website, Black therapistpodcast.com and don't forget if you want to send us any general feedback show suggestions uh, show topics or guest ideas please feel free to drop us an email at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com thank you be well